From Hollywood, Camel Cigarettes present the Screen Guild Players. Our stars, James Cagney and Agnes Moorhead. Our play, Johnny Come Lately. Our host, Camel Cigarettes. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel. Let your own experience tell you why more people are smoking camels than ever before. Yes, let your T-zone, that's T for taste and T for throat, get acquainted with camel smoking pleasure. See how your taste takes to camel's rich, full flavor. How your throat reacts to camel's cool, cool mildness. Tonight, the Camel Screen Guild players present the long-awaited radio premiere of one of James Cagney's most delightful pictures, Johnny Come Lately, based on Louis Bromfield's novel, McLeod's Folly, and starring James Cagney in his original role of Tom Richards and Agnes Moorhead as Mrs. McLeod. The Camel Screen Guild players in Johnny Come Lately. Place is Plattsville, the time 1906. Plattsville, like many other towns, is trying to straddle two centuries. And sometimes past and present meet quite oddly, as on this particular morning in May. Mr. Blacker, the pawnbroker, answers a tapping at his door. His back door, that is, the one that opens on the alley. Yes? Oh, Mrs. McLeod, come in. Thank you. Uh, uh, Mr. Blaker, uh, you remember my silver candlesticks? Why, sure, sure, I remember them mighty fine. I thought I'd like to uh, leave them with you for a little to look after with the other things. Why, sure, Mrs. McLeod, be glad to keep them safe for you. I wouldn't bother you, but it's the first of the month, and it takes quite a bit to run that newspaper, and, well, you, you understand. Sure. Well, uh, how'd $50 be? Oh, these candlesticks are worth much more than that. Well, seeing as how it's the first of the month, maybe... Maybe I can make it 60. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Blaker. Thank you very much. Uh, now, just one more thing. Oh? Uh, what's that? Uh, will you please go through the alley and, and have a look? I mean, someone might be coming down the street, and I... You, you understand. Sure. Uh, sure, Mrs. McLeod, I understand. Morning, Miss McLeod. Good morning, Mr. Nandy. Nice morning, Benny. Oh, it's a lovely morning, Magnolia. You there, Benny McLeod. Hold what? on a minute. Oh, Frank Critchlow. I just cut and shoot part on the way to your office. Benny, you write that editorial in the Shield and Banner this morning? Yes, why? Didn't you like it? Sure, I liked it. I liked it fine. Just what this town needs. Well, I... I thought it was a little strong. Strong? Me, I. About time somebody laid into that fellow Doggerty. The way he's running this town's a scandal. Why, I can remember when Plattsville... <laughs> My goodness, what's that? Fella stretched out on that bench. Tramp, I guess. Reading a book? <laughs> Must be very amusing. Yeah, I suppose so, I suppose. Now, Vinny, about this Bill Doggerty, I say you gotta hit him hard. Straight from the shoulder, you gotta get right down to cases. You gotta name names. And... Vinny? Not that ain't just like Vinnie McLeod. Well, I can tell you I don't bother with no tramps. No, sir, I got too damn many things. Oh, it's Pickwick. How's that? I beg your pardon. I was just looking to see what was making you laugh so. 
It's the Pickwick Papers. Yeah, good, huh? Yes, I haven't read it for years. Worth taking another look at. Uh, I met Charles Dickens when he was here in 67. Say, did you now? Yes, I really did. But you know you shouldn't be lying on this bench reading that. Why not? Know anything about it? Well, I mean, the police are very hard on vagrants in this town. They take them in and put them on the road gang. They do? Yes. There's a Mr. Doherty. There's a lot of buildings of the state. That's how he gets the men for his... Now, really, really, you'd better be moving on. Yeah, I guess you're right. Much obliged for the tip. Well, aren't you going? You bet. And then I finish this chapter. But it isn't safe. I've only got a couple of pages more. Oh, well, I guess a couple of pages. I don't get too interested and start the next chapter. <laughs> I won't. And don't you worry about me. I won't. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, ma'am. Thanks. Mrs. McLeod, just hmm? a moment, please. I'm sorry. Oh. Oh, good morning, Mr. Doherty. Good morning, Mrs. McLeod. I just happened to see you from my office window. I'd like to have a little talk with well, you. Well, I'm afraid this is my busy morning. I have to get to court. Oh, now, I, I won't can't... keep you long. I've just been wondering how your newspaper's doing. Oh, all right. All right. Quite all right. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Someone told me you were having a bit of trouble. Oh, no, no. Not really. Not really. Nothing to speak of. Of course, I don't get to read your stuff very often. The news is my paper. I've got quite a bit of money in it. But I, uh, I just happened to read your editorial this morning. Did you? Hmm. Tell me, just what do you think is wrong with the way this town's being run? Well, a lot of things, Mr. Doherty. Those new houses on Parker Street, they're not at all well-built, you know. Mrs. McLeod, I built those houses. Yes, I know, but I thought perhaps you hadn't looked at them. Well, I... Since they were finished, I mean. They're not safe. They're not safe. There have been accidents already. And then the new waterworks. They should have been finished long ago. Why, did you know there were four more babies died of typhoid this week? And the police, they Listen, don't... Mrs. McLeod, your paper does a nice little job covering the social news, weddings and things like that, but... If you feel you've got to have public-spirited stuff, why not use my editorial writing? Yours? Yes, a couple of boys who work on the news. You'll like their style. But I don't understand. I've had them pound out a few things just on a hunch. Here, you take them along. You can put your own name on them, of course, by Vinnie McLeod. Wouldn't that look good? Mr. Doherty, you're treating me like a child. Oh, no, Mrs. McLeod. I'm treating you like an old lady who's poking your nose into what doesn't concern her. Now, you just take these editorials along and you print them. And if I refuse? You won't refuse, so I discuss it. You just forget about editorials for a while and worry about your bills, Vinnie, and the mortgage on your house. Agree? Well, I don't know. I, I'll have to read these things first after I get back from court. Well, well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Robbins. What have we got this morning? Court sits. Plattsville Court is not session. First case, George Brinshaw, Hiram Webster, Thomas Richard, charged with vagrancy. Guilty or not guilty? Guilty. Not guilty. Guilty. (laughs) No jobs, eh? (laughs) You've got jobs now. Sixty days working for the city on the road gang. Take them away, next case. Oh, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I said not guilty. Huh? What's that? I say, I said not guilty, Your Honor. You mean you want to waste the time of this court with a trial? Oh, hell, I'm entitled to it. Yes, yes, I guess you're entitled to it. Robbins, let me see the charge. Hi, there you are. Name is uh, Thomas Richards. Hmm, name Thomas Richards. No fixed abode. That right, young man? Yeah, yeah. I guess so, yes, yes. Occupation newspaperman. <laughs> what newspaper do you work for? Well, none. Right now. <laughs> but I've been on newspapers off and on ever since I was a kid. More off than on, I'll bet. What are you doing here in Plattsville? Passing through. 
if you'll allow me. <laughs> Young fellow, I'll advise you not to be impertinent. Where did you sleep last night? I, I didn't sleep. I walked. You still contend you're not a vagrant. What else would you call a man who walks all night? A somnambulist. <laughs> Order! Order in the court! Your Honor, I walked all night because I like walking all night. Is that a crime? It is in this town. It's vagrancy. Police find you sprawled out on a bench in the park. No home, no job, Your Honor, no... Your Honor, may I say a word? Uh, Mrs. McLeod? Uh, Your Honor, I, uh, I just wanted to say if this young man wants a job, I'll give him one. Uh, that's very kind of you, ma'am, but... I'm the editor of the Shield and Banner. I can use you as a reporter. Now, now, wait a minute. Uh, Judge Flynn, you can't sentence a man for vagrancy if he has employment. And, and, and this man has with me. But, Mrs. McLeod, that's just plain silly. How much you figure you'll have to pay him? Well, I... I hadn't really thought. <laughs> well, you'd better. This court must be sure he'll make enough to keep himself. Well, I... I uh, Your Honor, but... I don't think I'll I... I'll be quiet, you. This court fixes the defendant's salary at, um, $35 a week. $35? Yes, first week's salary payable in advance. Now, Mrs. McLeod, what do you say? Just a minute, Your Honor. It's I w- all right. It's all right. I agree. Now, listen, ma'am. I ma'am. said I agree. Now, here you are, your first week's salary. Uh, now, Your Honor, can he go? Uh, not so fast, now. The, uh, <coughs> clerk will enter it on the record. The prisoner is guilty of vagrancy as charged. Uh, but, uh... Owing to the intervention of Mrs. McLeod, a citizen of prominence and character, the court will parole him in her charge for two months. Prisoner's free to go. Next case. All right now, on the level. Why did you do it, Mrs. McLeod? Well, maybe because you were reading Dickens, and maybe because I... I that part about being a newspaper man, that was true, wasn't it? Yeah, that was true. I've been on and off newspapers all my life. Oh, that's fine. Uh, but uh, now, now, I'm not working now, you understand? So uh, here's your money back and I'll be getting along. Oh, but you can't go now. You're on parole to me. If you skipped out now, I'd get in trouble. They'd take me into court and, oh, well, you saw yourself how they run things here. Yeah, yeah. Look, you own a paper. Can't you do something about conditions like that? Oh, I've tried. I've tried. But you see, Mr. Doherty's the big boss here. He controls the other paper, the news. And he's very powerful. Well, if he's too tough for you, why don't you turn the the paper over to somebody else, somebody with some fight in him? Oh, there isn't anyone. Though when I heard the way you spoke up to Judge Flynn, I I did wonder for a minute. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold everything. Look, I don't want to get you into trouble. I'll work out my parole. But after that, well, I'm afraid you'd better not count on me. I'll be getting out of town as fast as I can. Well, you can't blame me for hoping. (laughs) Now let's get you home and get some breakfast into you. All right. Ah, so this is where you live, huh? Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Just like a page out of an old book. Mr. McLeod built it for me when we were married. Yes, this old house means a lot to me. Yes, this house and its memories. That's what's kept me from knuckling under to Mr. Doherty. Ma'am, you sound like you're kind of hipped on this Doherty. What's he ever done to you? Oh, well, it isn't me. It's what he's done to this town, to the people in it. You can't sit by and let things like that happen. Why not? You haven't got a chance against people like that. You can't win, ma'am, so why get her trying? Because you've got to try. How do you 
think this town would have been built, or any town, or America at all, if people hadn't fought the bad things. And I, I tell you, this Mr. Doherty is bad. Someone's got to stand up and fight back. <laughs> you wouldn't be trying to sell me again. No. No, I guess that wouldn't be fair. No. After all, it's, it's my town and my job, not yours. But I simply will not print these articles. What articles? These, these. Mr. Doherty had them written by his men. And now he's trying to make me print them in my paper over my name. He is? Yes. Let me see them, will you? Oh, will you be bother? I've no right to ask. Well, that's all right. I might as well no. know what's going on. Oh, well, if you insist. Anyway, it's time I was getting down to the office. Uh, will you be uh, coming down later? Well, will you? Hmm? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. These editorials. Oh, they're interesting, aren't they? Yeah. Mighty interesting. Mm-hmm. Tell me, where could I find this Mr. Doherty? All right, all right. Speak up. What's on your mind, young man? Mr. Doherty, I believe you submitted these articles for publication in the Shield and Banner. I'm afraid Mrs. McLeod won't be able to use them. Hmm? Is that a message from Mrs. McLeod? You can call it that. Just a minute. Who are you? What have you got to do with this? Oh, you you might say I'm I'm working for Mrs. McLeod. Well, I didn't know she hired any... To... Wait, I get it. You're the, the tramp she pulled out of court this morning. Now, look... Well, you better watch your step around here, bum. Yes, until you've learned a little more about the setup. Vinnie McLeod's got to keep her nose strictly out of my affairs. If she doesn't, there'll be trouble. There's trouble for her or anyone who's helping her. You get that? I get it. I guess I had it all wrong. Yeah, I guess you did. Well, maybe I'll take these articles back. Maybe Mrs. McLeod will print them. Well, maybe she will. I guess I didn't understand just how things stood. Well, you understand now. And I'm a busy man, so beat it. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Say, uh... Where's the office of the Shield and Banner? Oh, it's over on Oak Street. It's a crummy old building near the... Wait a minute. Don't you know? I thought you worked there. I do. Since about 30 seconds ago. So long. In just a moment, you will hear Agnes Moorhead and James Cagney in Act Two of Johnny Come Lately. If ever a man needed experience, it's our wandering newspaper man here. He's had it, too. The best kind in the world for a newspaper man, working on all kinds of papers in all kinds of towns and cities. Yes, in many fields, experience is the best teacher. In choosing a cigarette, for example, smokers learned this during the wartime cigarette shortage. Remember? That was when people couldn't get any one brand regularly. So they smoked whatever brands they could get. That was when smokers tried and compared so many different brands of cigarettes. And smoker after smoker learned from this experience that camels suit them best for rich, full flavor and cool, cool mildness. Camels, always a great favorite, became more popular than ever. Yes, more people are smoking camels than ever before. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel on your T-zone. 
That's tea for taste and tea for throat. Your taste and your throat are your true proving ground for any cigarette. See if you don't agree with millions of other smokers that camels suit your tea zone to a tea. Camel Cigarettes now present Act Two of Johnny Come Lately, starring James Cagney and Agnes Moorhead. Tom Richards had promised Dougherty that his misleading editorials would be published in the Shield and Banner. What he hadn't promised was how. That part of the deal he saved for Mrs. McLeod. Don't you get it, Mrs. Editor? We print these articles of his, but we put every lie in bold italics. And we put a few lines at the top explaining why we are printing them. Because he's put a gun at your head. <laughs> Seen the new shield and banner yet? Man, I'll bet Bill Doggerty's hot. <laughs> Coming right out and printing things. Whatever's got into Vinnie McCloud. Hey, know what that Richard fella's doing? Trying to get written statements from all the folks that Doggerty's been milking. You ask me, he's really picked himself a job. Sure, I can tell you things, young man, but not to print in your newspaper. If you do, I'll just deny them, that's all. I won't print anything you don't want me to. All right. Take me, for example. I know what they call me around town. Yes, House Mary. But there's mighty few boys and girls grown up around here in the last 10, 12 years that ain't come to my place to dance on the date night. I've seen them growing up, I've seen them fall in love, and I've seen a lot of them get married. I'll bet you have. Happens I like, kids. So I've always run a decent place. No drinking, no rough stuff. So when Bill Doherty comes around and suggests I get myself some protection by making a donation to his city orphan fund, I says, what do I need protection for? I run a straight place. So two nights later, a lot of bums come in and smash the place up. The next week, they do the same thing again. So I get the point. I make a nice, hat donation to the orphan fund. How about those kids who've come here to dance? They've grown up in a decent, honest citizen. If we could just get them behind us, oh, we could... don't make me laugh. You can't depend on honest citizens. Not less something makes them mad enough to fight. And that takes plenty. Yeah, I guess it does. Tell me, what do you know about Bill Swain? The state boss up in the Capitol? Yeah, they tell me he doesn't like Doherty. Yeah, I could understand that. Bill Swain's all right. <laughs> Bill Swain. I ain't set eyes on him for 30 years. He used to be kind of sweet on me. Only we had to fuss about ketchup. About what? Ketchup. Tomato ketchup. Bill used to put it on everything. Melon, cereal, everything he ate. <laughs> but when he put it on my homemade peach ice cream, <laughs> I spoke my mind to him. And he went off in a tantrum and ain't never seen him since. Might be worth you're going up to the Capitol. That's what I figured. I can give you a letter to him. Thanks. And if you need a little cash for a train fare... <laughs> uh, train fare, not me. I want to stay an amateur. <laughs> Sorry, the only time I could see you was lunch. I'm a busy man, son, a busy man. I know you are, Mr. Swain, and Found I appreciate... your way up here in the freight, huh? Well, good for you. You stood myself. Care for some ketchup? Uh, yes, sir. Besides, if Mary says you're all right... Say, you ain't putting that ketchup in your coffee... Why not? Well, someone never tried. <laughs> Is it good? Well, ketchup's kind of good with everything, don't you think? 
Yes, sir. I got to try that. That's good. That's real good. Say, I've been missing something all these years. Now, about this Doherty. Believe me, Mr. Swain. There ain't a... nothing you can tell me about him, son. That Doherty's just as crooked as they come. But he's the biggest boat swinger in the whole state, and I can't afford to get rid of him. I know. It's the same old thing. Nobody can afford to fight Doherty. Well, I'm going to. Yeah? Yes. Well, you're different. You're the only one with nothing to lose. Ketchup in coffee. It's a revelation, son, a revelation. Well, when he put that ketchup in his coffee, Mrs. McLeod, I'd have laid three to one he was in our camp. Guess I'd have lost. Mr. Swain won't help, then. He's like all the rest, scared of Doherty. Oh. Well, I'm sorry. I... I was hoping the fight might... Keep you here a while. What do you mean? Well, you'll be going away. I, I know you're not the kind to stay put. You've been itching to get away ever since you got here. <laughs> you're forgetting. My parole's got another month to go. Win or lose, I'm working for you to then. Uh, Mrs. Mack? I'm afraid not. I'm afraid the paper won't last that long. Why not? Well, there's the matter of the mortgage. Mr. Doherty's had the bank transferred to him. The mortgage on the house, too. I'm afraid I won't even have a place for you to live. How much are the mortgages? Together? $15,000. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I'm sorry, Tom. You don't mind my calling you Tom, do you? Uh-uh. No, no. I'm sorry about so many things. The paper, the house, of course. And perhaps we could have helped Mary a little. Mary? Mary who? Gas house, Mary. Happened yesterday while you were away. What? Apparently, Mr. Doherty found out that she'd talked with you. He sent one of his men around to tell her that she'd have to double her contribution to the orphan fund. And Mary said she couldn't and that she wouldn't. She came rushing over to tell me about it, and, oh, she was very angry. She said we could print the entire story. And then... Then what? This morning, they arrested her. Arrested her? Why? Mm-hmm. Well, some technicality, a franchise or something. Yes, they're holding her for bail. Fifteen hundred dollars. Oh, that's oh. great. Wonderful. Why didn't you tell me? Well, I just did. Tom, we've got to get her out. Don't you dare, Mrs. Mack. Well, look, why not? Look, this is what we've been waiting for. Dumped right smack in our laps. Something to make those honest citizens mad. All the men and women who used to dance there when they were kids. The ones who fell in love and got married. We'll give them something to... Look, I want to be left alone for an hour. You go keep yourself busy shopping, anything. I've got a story to write. Oh, Tom, you really mean that you... And don't start being nice to me. When I write this story, I want to be mad. I just read your story, Richard. Here's 20 bucks. You can count me in. Me too. Mary's one of the finest people in this town. John and I had our first date at Mary's. Here's ten dollars. I'll save it out of my grocery money. So will I. Here's my ten. Yeah, me too. Come on. Come on, Tom, we've got over four thousand dollars. It's four thousand two hundred and sixty-nine. Oh, Mrs. Mack. Oh, it's it's more than enough for Mary's bail. Shouldn't we be getting her out? 
look, do I have to send you out shopping again? Well, Tom, I don't understand. If, if we don't put up this money, how will Mary get out of that jail? <laughs> don't you worry. Love will find a way. Now, look here, Tom. Is it, I... excuse, excuse me, ma'am. Hello. Hello, Richard. Is that you? Oh, hello, Mr. Swain. Did you get my message? You get Mary out, you hear? I'm wiring you the door right now with an extra thousand for expenses. Now, listen, I'm coming in with you, son. I'm coming sure as I like ketchup in my coffee. I'm going to bust that whole administration wide open. This time, Bill Doherty's hanged himself. He's hanged himself for real. You can tell him I Torchlight parade, just like we used to have years ago. Oh, isn't it exciting, Tom? Yeah. They're hanging Bill Doherty in effigy. I think they'd have hanged him in person if he hadn't skipped town. Oh, I'm glad he did. I wouldn't want his blood on my hands. Well, why don't they go home? It's all over now. Oh, they're just staying around for the celebration. Well, what celebration? Well, you see, when the judge dismissed that charge against Mary, that left us with all that money we'd collected. Over 6000 Yes, That's... of course. We'll return it, naturally. Well, those people out there don't seem to want it. What? They think they'd rather read the Shield and Banner every morning. Oh, Tom. So they wanted to go to pay off your mortgage. On the paper, that is. But you'll be making enough to take care of the other. Oh, Tom, I... No, 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 thanks. No tears, no nothing at all. Just get ready for a lot of happy years to come. And you. Oh, <laughs> I've got a lot of reading to catch up on. Uh-huh. On a bench in some park somewhere. Dickens? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> well, I won't try to argue with you, son. I suppose because I know it wouldn't be any use. You like your freedom, don't you, Tom? Yeah, I like my freedom. But I also like your freedom. The freedom of all those decent, honest citizens out there. That's what all this fussing's been about. I won't forget that, Mrs. Mack. Oh. All Lang Syne. They are singing All Lang Syne. <laughs> Come on. We'd better get out on the porch. They could use a high soprano and a bourbon baritone. <laughs> Stars James Cagney and Agnes Moorhead will return to the Scamel Screen Guild microphone in just a moment. More doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette, according to a nationwide survey. 113,597 doctors were questioned by three leading independent research organizations. What cigarette do you smoke, doctor? The brand named most was Camel. Yes, try a Camel. And remember... Cartons of camels make mighty welcome Valentine gifts. And now, a final word of thanks to our stars, James Cagney and Agnes Moorhead, for a charming and exciting 30 minutes. We're deeply indebted to you both. Well, frankly, we feel thanks should be coming from us. In a large part, these radio programs support the Motion Picture Relief Fund and its country house, and... 
All of us in Hollywood feel it a privilege to share in that work. Agnes, I'd just like to add one more thing here before buying out for the evening. Yes? What is it, Jimmy? You know, the makers of Camel cigarettes send free camels each week to the men in the servicemen's hospitals. Mm -hmm. That's something that gives me real pleasure to tell about, because anything that brightens the day for these servicemen, good news for everybody. Among the hospitals that will receive free camels this week are U.S. Naval Hospital, Bremerton, Washington, U.S. Marine Hospital, Fort Stanton, New Mexico, and Veterans Hospital, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Happy smoking, fellows. Good night. Monday night is always a brilliant event in the Camel's Green Gill Theater. Hollywood's greatest stars in Hollywood's greatest stories. Next Monday night, one of the current season's most sparkling comedies. The stars and the story you've been waiting for. The Metro-Golden-Mayer smash hit, Easy to Wed, with Esther Williams, Harry Bonzell, and Van Johnson. Be sure to listen. Johnny Come Lately was directed by Bill Lawrence. Adapted for radio by Harry Cronman with music by Wilbur Hatch and was presented through the courtesy of Cagney Productions, producers of The Time of Your Life, starring James Cagney. Agnes Moorhead can soon be seen in the Warner Brothers production, Johnny Belinda. Listen to Vaughn Monroe with Colonel Stupnagel and their guests, the University of Alabama Glee Club, on the air for Camel Cigarettes every Saturday night over most of the CBS stations. This is Michael Roy in Hollywood saying good night and... Won't you have a camel? This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.